presentation tomorrow at the Abraham Lincoln Presidential Library and Museum. This will be on the library side. And it's a chance for you to uh, relive some of the intense, the frightening, the moving, and oftentimes the optimistic moments that we all lived through as the COVID pandemic unfolded. Oral historian Amanda Riggenbach has been working at the Presidential Library and Museum, creating a special oral history project, telling the stories of people from, from all walks of life about what they went through as this unprecedented public health event really uh, kind of in, enveloped all of us. Amanda Riggenbach is in studio with us this afternoon, and welcome, and thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Well, this uh, is is a fascinating uh, approach to this. Tell me how the, the whole project that you've called Tumultuous 2020, how did this all come about? Well, um, honestly, I can't take credit for it. Um, it was thanks to some really smart people in the uh, research division at the Abraham Lincoln Presidential Library and Museum um, who saw the, I mean, tumult that was happening um, in the beginning of the pandemic in March of 2020 and thought we need to document this. And so there was a very generous donation by a former volunteer that um, helped fund the project and fund uh, the hiring of a project manager myself. and. Since last August, I've been uh, interviewing people and um, training some volunteers to do interviews um, to collect the Illinois story of the pandemic. How did you uh, come to be the person to, to head this up and why did you want to be the person to head it up? Well, so I graduated from Bradley in uh, the summer of 2021. And as an Illinois State grad, I'll overlook that, but yes. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, and as I was, you know, working on figuring out what it was that I wanted to do, um, I came across this job. And I mean, my heart skipped a beat because, I mean, who does, wouldn't want to work at the Abraham Lincoln Presidential Library and Museum? Or maybe that's me because I'm a nerd. <laughs> um, but I thought that, wow, I. I really love history and I love the humanities, but I also want to have an impact on the world around me. And what better marriage of these two um, passions than oral history? I think that it's a really um, perfect bridge between um, thinking deeply while also engaging with your community. And so um, I was uh, really lucky enough to be the one who was hired. And, um, you know, I really I'm proud of the work that I've done that the volunteers have done to um, really collect the story. How many interviews were done for this project and where did you find all these individuals? So um, as of right now, we have about 85 interviews. And, and, and you're still compiling more? There are um, a couple more from volunteers who um, are compiling them or okay. who are um, in the midst of completing some interviews. And we... Um, we found people based on kind of looking at uh, geographic regions of the state, as well as looking at diverse um, uh, groups of people, as well as diverse um, types of jobs and occupations. We wanted to make sure that we told the story that represented Illinois' diversity. Um, you know, someone who lives in Cook County is going to have a very different story than someone who lives, you know, in the very southernmost bottom part of the state. So we really um, were intentional about doing that. 
There's going to be an initial presentation of, uh, of some of these stories uh, tomorrow in a special event at the Presidential Library and Museum. We'll have more details on that in just a moment. And all these interviews also live online at the museum's oral history site, correct? Yes, that's we'll, correct. We'll get to that as well. But we want to actually play for you now uh, just a, a sampling of some of these clips. And we really uh, approach this with a, a Springfield focus. So these are some of the local stories among these dozens and dozens of interviews being done about the pandemic and how it impacted us in so many ways. And I want to start with uh, what was a, a very interesting, uh, but it was also, you know, a very dramatic story. Uh, and I, I, when in listening to, to this clip, I was uh, taken back to the early days of the pandemic when there was so much uncertainty and we were just kind of waiting. We'd heard about cases in other parts of the country and then there was a case or two in Chicago and it was just, okay, when will it get here? And, even, and things had started to shut down in March of 2020, but we still hadn't had a confirmed case locally and then we did and that and that's one of the stories you you've compiled yeah so um lisa badger at the start of the pandemic um, was working as a community affairs specialist for the treasurer's office and uh, she was the one of the third people in um sangamon county who became sick with covid and it immediately um you know, not just was she dealing with the fact that she has this disease that this virus that we don't know much about, but she was also dealing with um, an onslaught of media attention. And so I'll let her speak for herself a bit. So this is the clip from Lisa Badger for the presentation called Tumultuous 2020. I had heard there was going to be a press conference with local health officials. So I was prepared to watch that. I got the call from the local health department that I had tested positive right as that press conference was beginning. And they did say in the press conference that it was just found out that a local Springfield woman, aged 40, uh, tested positive. That was me. You know, I'm, I'm telling my close contacts, my family, um, everybody's worried sick. Everybody's crying. Then I start getting texts and calls from people because the local health department shared my name when they were calling my close contacts. So nearly immediately, my name was out there. So the entire park board knew. Several local politicians that had been at the Women's March knew. Um, they had contacted my estranged boyfriend at the time and told him, so he showed up at my house, um, and it was just, it, it, it was scary, and it was devastating news, but right from the beginning, it was an onslaught of communication from people. Did you hear other similar stories like that in other interviews that you did about those those early days and just, uh, again, the, the flood of information, but also just the flood of you know, bordering on the edge of panic? So a lot of people had experiences where it was like a night and day switch, you know, when the stay at home order came about, it's like the world turned upside down. Yeah. But I think Lisa Badger, her story highlights a part of the pandemic that I think um, for a lot of people isn't something they've had experience with, with, which is having COVID in those early days and then facing that negative attention. I mean, I think that it's, 
it shows us that you know while there were the hearts for healthcare workers, there was also this um, this fear that made people act pretty pretty horribly. Uh, it, it's so interesting you you framed it like that, just that sort of night and day switch, because that was exactly how I thought of it. And you can pinpoint the the time, August thirteenth, or uh, excuse me, March thirteenth, uh, Friday the thirteenth, uh, and it seemed like everything shut down almost instantaneously, uh, and everybody's lives changed. And that's probably not true more than in the restaurant industry. So I want to play the clips now of the local restaurant tour and, and what happened there. We have a couple of clips. So so tell us about, about his story. So Augie Murzowski, um is was the head chef and owner of the famous Augie's Front Burner, which uh, was a Springfield landmark. Um, he I think um, getting to hear his story was amazing because he told me about being an early pioneer of the farm-to-table movement um, in Springfield as well as uh, being instrumental in starting the creation of the farm downtown farmer's market. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was an amazing um, restaurateur. And the pandemic really hit him hard. And so he's got some really interesting things to say about it. And what's interesting to note about this is that, it, like you said, a, a real innovator and uh, just a, a beloved restaurateur, uh, but didn't necessarily have the same kind of setup as other places did to be able to adapt on a dime to the new reality here. COVID hit. That, that was just, a, you're not prepared, totally unprepared. You, you know, you're never prepared for a pandemic. It's, if you never lived one, you don't know what's going to happen. So you don't know how to prepare yourself for something like that. And then, then it happened. And then, you know, I'm stuck with an inventory because, you know, we're busy until that day, you know. Uh, and, you know, you kind of heard little whisperings about, you know, people weren't going out because, you know, they're afraid to you know, they're going to catch COVID, stay home, that kind of thing. So it slowed down a little bit, but still, I was unprepared. So I had a huge inventory. So I ended up just giving it away, you know, cooking for everybody and anybody and my staff, you know. So I'd set up a little, I'd set up a, a, a time every day, you know, sometimes twice a day, and I would fix meals for people, mostly my staff and anybody downtown that wanted it. So I posted it and people would come pick it up and I'd, I would give him a package, a little sack, all wrapped up, ready to go. It's uh, it's so funny, uh, again, you know, the memories that these clips bring back, because I remember that first weekend when they were indicating, yeah, everything's going to shut down, but it hadn't quite shut down yet. And people were kind of rushing out to have one last night in a restaurant or one last night in a bar before before everything collapsed again, which in retrospect was a really bad idea, but people were still doing it anyway. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's so interesting, and um, I've gotten a lot of those flashbacks doing these interviews over the past year. Now, you have another clip from, from Augie as well, and it talks about how what he went through at the start of the pandemic ultimately led to his decision to, to close down completely. Let's listen to that one. That, that period of being closed, I really got a feel for what it's like to be a real person. I mean, it's actually, you know, to feel like I could do things for myself and and have a you know get go outside and smell the roses in, in, in other words i mean it was weird not having responsibility not having planning you got i have to plan for this have to do this have to do that it was just i kind of like that and and i'm you know i'm staying to be 65 june that that month and that's when i shut down my business and that pretty much you know, was the end for my my life as a in career of all these fun burner and the, and the chef.
But yeah, it's, COVID was kind of a good thing for me. That, that's a, a fascinating ending to that. Did you hear a lot of stories of people who ultimately said, you know what, uh, I found real silver linings in the clouds of the pandemic? Absolutely. And um, it's really led me to find this theme of perseverance and people just um, taking a terrible situation and finding, like you said, that silver lining. Um, you know, I've had seen business owners who adapted and found different ways that worked for them um, and that made their lives better. Um, people who found that they appreciated remote work better than being in an office. I mean, people all across um, the state really uh, stuck through it and found things that worked for them. I, I'm one of those stories. I was in a long-distance relationship, and when the pandemic hit, my girlfriend moved in with me, and now we're married. And so, you know, I, I also found a, a silver lining in the pandemic, too. So it's good to know that there is some of that out there. Uh, we're talking with Amanda Riggenbach, oral historian, who has put together uh, the tumultuous 2020 uh, presentation, uh, Stories of the Pandemic. And, Amanda, unfortunately, we're, we're running tight on time. I don't think we're going to be able to play all these clips, but I wanted to play one more. This is Dr. Nicole Florence and, and talking about, you know, again, all the uncertainty we went through in the early days of the pandemic. And then they came up with a vaccine. And I, you know, remember, again, it was like, boy, this is a relief. But also, gosh, what are we getting into? And it has this really been tested? What do we know about this? So, so tell me a bit about your conversation with Dr. Florence. Yeah, so um, Dr. Nicole Florence is just a wonderful human to interview in general. Um, and she talked about, you know, her experience experiences working as a doctor, but also um, just with the vaccine and how when it came out, you know, she listened to the research and to the data and she was ready to take it. Um, and yeah, I'll let her speak for herself because her story is pretty cool. I, I tell you, I, I have no words. When I found out that there was a vaccine, it was going to be offered without question. I was like, sign me up. Um, it was very important for me to be still part of that education and promote folks getting the vaccine. When I got my first vaccine, I drew a Sharpie tattoo on my um, left arm that said, hope goes here. And it was really important for me to even through social media, I think the governor actually ended up posting my picture of my hope goes here to really spread it to people this is safe this is something we need to do and again, the, the stories of, of healthcare workers in particular had to have been some of the most uh, intense and moving stories that you heard through the course of this. Absolutely. And, you know, it wasn't just, you know, the administrators that we interviewed, but it was also the CNAs, the people who were really um, in the heart of um, seeing people suffering. And just to hear people talk about it and to see their strength was truly something that was inspiring. And, um, and I'm glad that we were able to capture it for the record um, because these stories are so, so important. I wish we had time to play more clips, and unfortunately we don't. The good news is you can hear all of these interviews collected online, and you can hear a special presentation of some of these stories tomorrow at the Abraham Lincoln Presidential Library. So, Amanda, give us the details on both of those, please. Yeah, so um, all of the interviews are available um, at oralhistory.illinois.gov under the tumultuous 2020 page. Um, and then tomorrow um, at the Abraham Lincoln Presidential Library, which is um, on the other side of the street of the museum, um, I will be presenting um, just a 
about the project and kind of talking about the ups and downs, the stories that have stood out, and just uh, really sharing all of those details. You'll be able to hear uh, many more of these moving and inspirational stories of people and what they experienced through this moment in history that we've all lived through. Uh, so what what an exciting project. And again, Amanda Riggenbach, thank you so much for sharing some of these stories, for telling us about the process here, and uh, looking forward to getting online and hearing more of these interviews and more of these accounts of uh, how we all coped with this uh, memorable moment 